Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Muriwa Gavaza, and for today, we do get into some economics that is affecting all of our pockets, and uh, we're going to be looking at some of the retail uh, sales figures and also retail sales data uh, that's uh, recently just uh, come out from November uh, 2022, and uh, we see that uh, some of that was marginally lifted in part by uh, some of the action that we saw uh, from uh, Black Friday and to help us to make sense of what this means and also how you know we should be expecting because I'm sure soon enough we are going to get some report um, of uh, data from uh, the festive season but more importantly what does all of this mean um, about the health of the economy the health um, of the consumer we are joined by uh, FNB economist that is Sipaman Lam Kwanazi. Sipamantla, greetings to you once again um, here on the Business Day Spotlight. Greetings to you, Mudewa. Greetings to your listeners as well. Now, now, thank you so much for being with us today. Perhaps you can give us uh, some insight into when you look at the data and we say that it's marginally up, um, how should we be reading that? Do we read that as being flat or do we take uh, a positive as a positive? <laughs> I like I like what you just said, um, the taking off the positive. And I think um, looking at the numbers just in South Africa at the moment, um, we share every percentage point. Um, increasing whatever volume that we are looking at that just tells you um, how muted economic activity is um, at the moment. So when you look at the November data, um, retail sales expanded by about 0.4%, rather flat really, especially if you consider um, the, the context of Black Friday. And I think without Black Friday, um, we would have seen a continued decline in, in, in volume sales. You would recall that two months prior to that, um, the volumes had been declining um, and only lifted marginally uh, in, in, in November, assisted by this Black Friday. If you take that 0.4 number and compare it to um, the pre-pandemic levels, um, the level of growth that we um, had gotten accustomed to for, for, for the month of November during Black Friday, we would report growth um, of around an average 2.9% year on year uh, in, in, in November. Um, and if you compare um, the latest number of 0.4 to that, it tells you that although we did get this support, but it was rather muted this time around, and it just speaks to um, you know um, the level of economic activity at the moment and how pressure, how um, how many households in South Africa are facing financial pressure. I think one of the things that is most alarming about what you're saying, Supermantel, is the fact that. Uh, because I remember when we were talking about Black Friday, the expectations at the time in November, and also just reading into just how much uh, transaction volume was able to flow through Black Friday, um, record numbers being set. It sort of sounds as if things were on the decline, but because of the events of one weekend, um, it was able to push up um, that retail activity by the 0.4%. And as as positive as that is, on my end, just reading it, it does sound as if it's a tough place to be because without the Black Friday, then it means we might have been talking about a decline 
you know, when it comes to, you know, all of this and the fact that you have, as I said, uh, just uh, one or two days when you're looking at whether it's Black Friday, the weekend or the Cyber Mondays, being able to uplift an entire month, uh, that's a very tough place to be in. It, it is a tough place to be in, um, but also you must consider that South African consumers have uh, become accustomed um, to this culture of uh, of Black Friday. So they would delay their purchases uh, and just wait for these um, special opportunities um, for them to participate in, in, in the market. Um, and also, um, if you break it down, um, the volume, we break the volumes down and look at which sectors, which items um, supported this lift and which sectors continued on a decline, we'll be surprised that it's things such as food um, that, um, that saw um, you know, uh, declines in, in, in levels of volume so in fact, for the past four months or so, since August, um, food volumes have been declining quite significantly um, in, in, in South Africa. And you start to think about why um, is that the case? And I can think of uh, at least two reasons. One being that um, we are experiencing much more intense um, load shedding, so you don't want your perishable you know, uh, to perish in your fridge. So uh, it appears that South African consumers now are just buying, you know, um, to... to, to, to um, so the, the, the food that they buy is just enough for them to to consume it um, um, at that point. So we are no longer stocking up um, um, due to this load shedding, due to, due to this um, more intense load shedding. And also think of you know um, the, the the social grants. Um, the number of people that um, are receiving these social grants, the three fifties. We know that this food. Um, the, 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 the food component did benefit quite quite um, significantly from the extension of these social grants. And now with the number of people receiving those declining as well as those administrative issues there in dispersing um, those social grants might have contributed, you know, to this decline in, 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 in volume sales. Because, I mean, if you start seeing... <laughs> declines in, in, in food volumes start not you know, start getting worried about just the level um, of economic activity that is taking place at the moment. But yeah, to answer you shortly, you are quite correct that without those Black Friday sales, we probably would have seen um, you know, a, a decline in volume sales. And in fact, we are seeing it in other high-frequency data. Uh, we think of mining, you think of um, manufacturing, both of them, you know, produced scary numbers, um, very, very negative um, at the moment. But all of this um, have got to do with this, um, you know, um, more, more intense load shedding um, that we are currently experiencing. So maybe, Sipamadla, you could give us a little bit of insight. When you look at some of those factors that you've just highlighted, whether it be load shedding, but um, I'm really keen, you know, around uh, the fact of uh, the admin issues around your social grants, all of that stuff. Do those things, um, particularly grants and those admin issues, does that signal a long-term trend? Because obviously something like load shedding is here with us to stay. Uh, But some of those other factors, are those things that were perhaps confined to just that specific period that was being measured in November? Or is that something that um, carries over, let's say, into festive season data when that comes out? Yeah, so uh, this weakness um, actually has been with us. In fact, we are in what I would call um, recession-like conditions. Look at retail sales. Um, the last two quarters were a decline on a quarter-on-quarter basis. So, um, And we haven't recorded 
two consecutive quarters of volume declines in retail sales. It's been quite a long, long, long time. I think you'll have to go back to um to to, to the two thousand and nine recession to see something um of that nature. So, uh, so in as much as official data suggests that we are not um, in a recession yet, but the conditions pretty much suggest um, that we are, um, that um, or at least it does feel like we are in a in a in a in a um, in a recession. Um, now that trend um, of, of declining volumes I mentioned on food, um, it actually has been with us for the last um, four months of data that we have access to. There are other items. Um, such as um, hardware material um, that also has been um, in a decline um, for the more, for most part of, uh, of, 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 of this year. Um, also, but that also speaks to you know the waning um, influence of DIY, you know um, the alterations and, and innovations in our homes uh, that we did mostly in 2020 and 2021. So it's quite a, it's, it's a slight reversal um, of that trend, but it also tells you something that uh, at the moment um, people are just happy to live in spaces that they live in um, without having to uh, improve them um, and just make um, ends meet um, at the end of the day. Um, but going forward now, when we look at, uh, I guess, that trend that's, uh, that you're noting and um, what the data is beginning to tell us, currently at the moment, as we be, yeah, we're at the start of 2023, some people say that you can no longer say Happy New Year because it's the 23rd um, you know, of January, but we're still more or less at the beginning of the year. Um, two days' time is, is going to be payday for many people, the usual January <laughs> <laughs> the usual January disease is uh, coming to an end for many out there. How are you seeing the health of the consumer in 2023 just based on uh, you know some of this data that uh, that we have uh, at our disposal? So um, if we if we think of it um, in a short term, um, we we still expect that there is going to be some support in the very near term, um, the next month or two of day, um, that would be supported by the usual, your usual activity, uh, your, your usual festive um, uh, festive season activity um, in December. Um, we should also think um, ahead to the back to school um, kind of support for, for, for the January sales, particularly on clothing and footwear. But other than that, it's difficult to see where else um, this, um, where else support for, for, for retail sales volumes uh, is going to come from. And another factor that um, that has been of interest to us is the accelerated uptake of unsecured credit. Um, we know that in the last eight months or so, consumers have been accumulating unsecured credit um, at an accelerating pace. Um, unsecured credit just equals consumption credit. It's something, you know, when you take out a, a general loan or use a credit card, generally for you to consume something. So that's consumption um, that's consumption credit, because consumption-oriented um, kind of credit. Now, it has been growing um, at a faster pace, as I've been saying, but that indicates to us that least that um, there is this swelling pressure on households' incomes. Um, there is that squeeze, that, that, that budget squeeze that is taking place with consumers now using unsecured credit to supplement you know, um, their, their, their income. If you look at real income growth, so that is income growth taken into consideration, um, the level of inflation, um, it's also not um, looking so pretty. You look at, um, you know, wage growth, that, that too, in real terms, that too is not looking so pretty. Um, so it appears, um, at least anecdotically, that um, consumers are now um, using this unsecured credit to supplement um, their incomes, which suggest, which suggests um, um, that, um, that pressure on the household. Now, it's difficult to see. Yes, the, 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 the labor market, 
um, has surprised to the upside in the last um, couple of quarters. But if we break it down, um, it's really just your part-time employment that has been created. It's really just your informal sector um, that um, that has been creating more employment. And um, in the greater scheme of things, that's not the kind of jobs that would be um, really supportive of household consumption expenditure. Yes, it will support, uh, but um, not to the level that one would um, would wish at, um, at this stage. So to look at it on a longer term basis, we, we do expect that um, volume sales are going to remain relatively muted, probably going to start seeing some um, um, recovery towards the end of the year when those interest rates um, start to um, start to decline and inflation comes back into uh, comes back into line around 4.5 percent um, um, target by, by by the Reserve Bank. But for now, in the short term, um, we expect um, there to be a little bit more pressure. And with everything that you're saying, Dan Sipamantla, especially just around uh, how you can see, how we see the year going, uh, another curiosity is around um, because when you look at the big themes um, from uh, 2022, obviously it was the year of inflation and it was the year of central banks around the world, including uh, the South African Reserve Bank, um, increasing interest rates big hiking cycle that we saw in 2022 and a lot of that is expected to come down in uh, 2023 because uh, many in the fraternity expect uh, that we're about to see the peak of that hiking cycle and then you know um, those interest rates will start coming down does that bode well you know for the consumer or do you foresee reluctance from the consumer where you we've sort of sort of gotten into a pattern where the consumer has been pressured for such a long time that uh, they're used to spending at these depressed levels oh, that's a good question um i think um um, um, um we you know, once beaten, twice shy, right? Um, the consumer has been dealing with quite a number of headwinds. Um, interest rate is one of them. High inflation, as you mentioned, is another. But you also are dealing with um, a, a, a labor market that um, that is under pressure. It's not creating enough employment at the moment. Then wage growth um, is not looking so pretty um, at the moment. So, um, and that's for the majority of households in South Africa uh, because they derive most um, the income from the labor market but there's also another segment of, um, of, of society that is less affected by all of that um, and that is um, the segment that um, has more diverse income streams if you break down income levels in South Africa or income um, in, income data in South Africa you will see that um, most of it um, the, 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 the recovery since the pandemic has largely been driven by your non-labor income so that would be your dividend payout insurance payout um, interest income rental income social grants all of those components are doing um, are doing relatively better than um, than um, than wage growth so, so, so it depends on who you are. It depends on which segment you are in. For most of us, um, it's probably going, still going to be a bit of um, tough times ahead, despite the decline in inflation um, towards the end of the year, despite the expected decline in interest rates um, towards the end of um, of, of, um, of, of, of this year. Because that decline in interest rates is relatively going to be shallow compared to um, the spikes that we've seen, the, 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 the sharp increases in interest rates um, that we are, that we have seen. But um, um, at the bottom line is that yes, the, the, the is downward pressure on interest, rate, but it's, it's expected to remain 
elevated for, 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 for a long time. And that is the 8% of us that depend largely on, um, on labor income. But there's also that other 25%, that other 20% that gets income elsewhere. I mean, that segment of the society probably going to um, come out of this um, relatively better than most of us. Okay, I think that gives us, you know, quite um, what you call this, quite a good picture, particularly there at the end, you know, to say that, yes, um, those interest rates are expected to come down, but it remains quite elevated, especially within the context um, where you look at those interest rates compared to historical trends and some of the previous years on record uh, from that point of view. Perhaps lastly, um, just to end off the conversation then, is uh, getting a sense of, um, because one of the things that you mentioned um, just now was around the increases that um, you guys are observing in terms of unsecured credit and that type of thing. Is that another trend that we see continuing um, in an environment where you have those elevated interest rates? How do you see that uh, that progressing? Because I guess the signal is the fact that the consumer does remain under pressure. So on the face of it, you would expect that uh, you know consumers would continue to look to um, some of these um, you know credit lines as a literal lifeline for their way of life. So that will depend a lot on how um, lenders um, respond to this trend. Um, it's quite clear that um, there's appetite from the consumer, good or bad appetite, it doesn't really matter, but there's quite appetite, um, quite an appetite from the consumer perspective. So uh, we would continue to see those um, applications um, coming through being um, elevated. And in effect, um, NCR data suggests that you know um, credit applications are at their highest levels um, at, um, at, at, at the moment. So whether um, lenders still want to play ball. Um, it will depend on whether um, banks still want to um, continue lending to um, to, 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 um, um, to consumers. Um, I do think that lending standards are probably going to tighten a little bit to take into consideration um, the level of interest rates um, that we are currently experiencing, considering also that um, we are expecting another 50 bips um, increase in, in, in interest rates, which takes interest rates to levels even higher, um, even significantly higher than where we were. Um, um, pre-pandemic, so I think there is going to be that level, um, or that level of um, of cautiousness coming from um, coming from lenders. But what we also see during these tough times, Mudiwa, um, is that consumers, if they get rejected um, by the formal banks, they tend to go look for alternatives. We look at non-bank credit; it tends to increase at a time when bank credit um, declines. So, um, so, 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 there's another thing that we that we um, need to take into consideration. Consideration. Um, and we know that um, lending standards in the non-banking sector tends to be relatively um, relaxed. I wouldn't say <laughs> I wouldn't say it's excessive risk taking, but um, they tend to be much more relaxed compared to the the, 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 the banking sector. Um, and if you take that uh, and combine it with a consumer that is actually looking for this type of credit, um, it's, it's it's tough to say um, how this trend of of, of unsecured credit uptake. Um, is going to um, evolve, but I do think that lending standards from the banks at least is going to tighten um, um, in, co- in consideration of um, the level of interest rates that we are currently experiencing. 
Yeah, no, this will be a very interesting one because, yes, in the informal sector, um, your lending requirements are much lower. Uh, but the consequences, consequences. <laughs> yeah, the consequences of that lending can be quite severe. So that's been it. We were in discussion with the Sepamadlamkwanas, yeah, who is um, an economist over at uh, FNB, giving us uh, some insight into the November retail sales data <laughs> yeah, the and um, giving us uh, you know a rundown severe. of so that's what been happened. It. We were there. In He's uh, highlighting the, the fact that uh, retail yeah, sales. Increased is, um, marginally as 0.4% year on year uh, in November, and that was helped um, quite a bit by Black Friday uh, shopping activity. Uh, just uh, looking at what that means uh, for the South African economy, for the South African consumer, and what that tells us about how the year is going to progress. And then uh, taking uh, maybe zooming out a little bit, and then looking at um, you know what does all of that mean in an environment uh, where we see um, interest rates being expected uh, to come down um, in the year to come. He's saying that, yes, there's going to be downward pressure on interest rates. But before that happens, firstly, there's uh, there's an expected increase before we reach the peak. And then once the peak is reached and we start coming down, um, yes, there is coming down, but it's still going to remain uh, relatively high compared to, you know, some of, uh, you know, some of the previous previous years uh, that people have had to deal with. And then, you know, ending off talking about the credit lines, you know, and I think that's definitely a conversation where we might need to touch base uh, with Sipamantla again to get an insight into whether or not uh, banks and other uh, formal credit providers would have come to the table when it comes to this type of lending, because it does seem as if... uh, uh, you present yourself with the same conundrum that was being faced during COVID-19 where people's ability to pay is somewhat reduced, but it's at that time where they need um, some of this assistance more than ever. So that's been it. Sipamatla, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Mudua. This is Mudua's Take. Great discussion with the Sipamandla and I really think that issue around uh, lending is going to be something that we're going to be keeping an eye on. As I said, uh, you, if you're in the in the lending space, then you're sort of presented with one of those um, interesting situations where you have those elevated interest rates, people's ability to pay, you know, is somewhat waning. But this is the time when people do need uh, these lines of credit, you know, more than ever, or else as a Pamantla mentioned, you'd see people going into the informal market and there uh, the consequences can be, you know, quite tough. So, and if they do come to the table, how uh, do they come to the table, especially in a way that they are able to assess the risk and, you know, be able to lend within the parameters of uh, their risk envelopes or, you know, whatever ways that uh, they are um, looking at that. So going forward, we will be keeping um, an eye on that and uh, how that story you know continues to develop and then the health of the consumer it's something that we always um, need to keep an eye on because it is very important yes your interest rates are expected to come down this year but on the ground tangibly what is that going to mean
And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. Thank you to our amazing team. Our producer is Paige Muller. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight which is a multimedia live production. So for myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.